Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the scoop. This is Winfred 
Burns, the second your co-host, and we have a very good show for you tonight, and I hope you guys are ready. Tonight we're talking about how to survive marriage storms uh, here on The Scoop, and we will be joined later by David and Tamara Chandler. Uh, they're gonna, we're going to talk to them about marriage, and of course, we've got news, we've got the Scoop Nation Hot Topic, we've got the best in indie music, and a whole lot more. So before we get started, um, let me say two things. Number one, if you've got any questions or comments during the course of tonight, give us a call at 929-477-2304. That's 929-477-2304. And make sure you press the number one that lets us know you have a question or a comment. And number two, before we jump in, let me say what's up to my people, to my co-hosts, um, the ones who do all the real work. Um, and then we're going to get started. So what's going on, Miss? Tequila Willis of Elegance by Design. What's up, Q? Hey, hey, I'm doing wonderful this evening. Wonderful. Good to be here. What's up, Good my live folks? See you. Hey, hey. Shout out to the live. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm going to shout out. I'm going to see. I'm, I'm on live tonight, too. So, um, so shout out to you all as well. Again, if you guys, if you're on the live on mine or Q's, um, if you have a question or comment, make sure you put it on the live feed, and we'll definitely make sure that we uh, get it on tonight, all right? Cool, cool. All right, let me say what's up to yep. Miss Kelly Johnson of Curvy Kitten. What's up, Kelly? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got it, I got it right today, right? Yeah, everybody going to have that in their head. But I am being great. <laughs> Ready to Good. get into it and have some fun with you guys. Good. Yeah, this is always a pretty cool two out, you know, couple hours of the week where we get to do this and have a little fun. So I'm excited. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, last but not least, let me say what's up to Cuzzo, Mr. Rayshon, Ray, Rayshon, Rashad Ray Chan Chandler <laughs> of Cool Kids Entertainment. What's up, dude? What's going on, Cuzzo? Man, I'm good. How you doing? Super busy. Super busy. Yeah, always. That's about it. Always, man. Super, super busy. Super. It's about to get yeah. it's about to get real busy for you. Yeah, man. Power two weeks, you know. Yeah. Here we go. Power two. What's up? That's how we do it. <laughs> That's how we do it. All right, well y'all let's yeah, uh without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this um into this show. And we're gonna let's uh let's do what we what we do best. Go ahead and we'll take it away. All righty, so we want to start with the good Jamel Hill. As we all know, you know, um ESPN has a policy on what you can and can't say on your own free time. And Jamel Hill is um pretty uh, revolutionary in her words and she doesn't bite like at all. She doesn't back down. Which isn't a bad thing until you sign a contract. Here's the problem. She signed a contract to work. What she said isn't wrong. But she signed a contract to work. So uh, that being the layout basically we have a, uh, a sportscaster who is a black woman who is now on suspension because of 
not because of what she said about Trump, but more or less now about her views towards the Jerry Jones end of the Trump thing. So it's kind of like, all right, we let you go on the first Trump. Now you come back and you hit us again with the how you feel about Jerry Jones, and we can't let it go. Um, more people are saying this has more to do with the direct connect of the fact that she was throwing sponsor names in the tweet, and the sponsor names are directly linked with who pays her check. Um, do you guys see any foul in this, or is she vindicated? Is it okay, or are we sitting too much? Should we always stand and speak our voice? What do you guys think? Um, this is Kel. I think that if if you're going to take that position and take it strongly, where you know millions of people are watching you at all times, then you know, that's one of the consequences. Uh, it sucks. And maybe it'll lead, you know, to her getting some exposure so maybe she can do bigger and better things. But to me, it's just like if you're going to keep going in, that's your sacrifice. That's me. Fair. Q? Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think, you know, this is a part of the – this is a part of activism, and with this type of following that she has, I feel that you know this is part. This is probably expected for her. She does not come across to me as um, she's never scared. From what it seems like, and from what you've explained to me um, on previous posts, as far as how she gets down, like she's what did you call her? A, a habitual line. Habitual step. line. Step. Like, shout out to Charlie Murphy. Rest in peace. <laughs> Come back. 
You know, is she now going to not say anything? Is she now going to, you know, take that, you know, the corporate line? You know what I mean? Like, how how is she going to respond when she comes back? Is going to I think is going to tell uh, be the telltale of how this goes. I mean, to everybody's point, yeah, she signed this. She signed a um, if she signed something. I, I didn't read that, but if she signed something saying that she wouldn't say certain things, then that's fine. Um, then yeah, this is the consequence. But I think a bigger thing is. Since when did we become, or not since when? We know since when, but why is it? Why would a corporation want you to sign something that um, that says that you can't talk about something that's relevant to what you're doing? So it's not as if she was, even you know, she was talking about something that's not sports. It's a sports story, and so yeah, I, I get that y'all didn't like her position, but it's a sports story, and so it's in the purview of her job. So why can't she talk about it? Is it, and it's not so much, and I'm guaranteeing it's not because she talked about it. It's because she threatened, because she said that people should boycott. Um, and so, you know, again, you didn't like her position, so because you didn't like her position, now there's an issue. So really, you don't want her to do her job and say what she thinks. You want her just to regurgitate what you say, you know, or what you want her to say. So, and I just think that again, I think for me, you know, what this highlighted again was that when you don't own it, you don't really control it. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how big you are. When your name is not, the, the, the difference between this and Donald Trump is Donald Trump owns his own corporation, so he can say whatever the H-E double hockey sticks he wants and offend whoever he wants, whereas Jamel Hill can't, um, can't say that we should boycott um, companies who – um, support somebody who says that it's you know that we can't fight for what we're trying. You know what I mean? So it's like he can say what he wants. I mean, this man we've seen this man say that he's grabbed women by the private parts. We've seen him offend almost every racial and ethnic group in this country. Yet and still, he's cool. But she says, "Don't buy something that supports the Dallas Cowboys." And all of a sudden, now she's suspended for two weeks. So I think it just says again, if you don't own it. Then that this is this is the consequence, and mm-hmm. I think you gotta. I think we have to wake up to that reality that until we own stuff, this is what's gonna we're gonna continue to be putting ourselves in this position. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. All right. Same thing goes. Well, same thing goes with the players. Let's be clear. Same thing is with the players. If they tell these players that they can't kneel, and even though they, you know we talk about the collective bargaining agreement, same thing. Own it. If you own it, they can't tell you what to do. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that'll take me into my story number two then. So story number two is, is that Columbus Day is now being nixed for Indigenous Peoples Day. Universities are nationwide are picking it up, and um, some cities are backing too. Um Dope or nope? Are you guys with the uh, kicking Columbus to the curb and bringing in Indigenous Day? Yes. Yep, I'm all for it. Let's go. Oh. Hello? <laughs> I'm with you. Why not? <laughs> and I thought, I thought it was interesting. This has been, uh, it says it was first adopted in Berkeley, California in 92. That's a long time we ain't heard nothing about it. Long time. <laughs> wow. 
Well, wow. say that's about the same time that uh, Arizona decided they wanted to adopt to even accept Martin Luther King Day. So, I mean, right. funny that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We're so behind the curve. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's just 92, though. Like, it's 2007. 92. Yeah, it's 92. 25 years. So we, yeah. And we wonder why people still think we're riding through the streets and horses, like, as our main transportation and stuff here. We have whole generations of kids. Like, we... We graduated with people who were not celebrating this holiday while we were still being taught about how awesome and wonderful this this holiday was supposed to be. Like, it's crazy that this is a new thing, and they've already passed whole legislation in, in other places. Right here in the U.S. with us, and this is, like, this is a thing now. This is, like, a real thing for us. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> like, I'm, that is just disappointing. That is really, really disappointing. To know that's where we are, to really recognize that that's where we are, that should really wake us up. That that right there should wake Oklahoma up in itself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Obviously, y'all can tell I'm shocked. That's why I'm like bumfuzzled right now. Like 92. Wow. Yeah. And another mm-hmm. another thing I thought was interesting in my um in my take on it is that if Harvard, Cambridge are doing um are changing Columbus Day and turning it into Indigenous Day, they're the cream of the crop. They're the smarter people of the United States. So <laughs> if they are switching to this, please follow suit. I hope, you know, I hope it starts, all the universities do it and, you know, make it nationwide. So, it's it's bad that it's taken twenty five years for it to come to the light, but yeah. I I think it should be blown up. I think it should really blow it up. Yeah, I agree. Definitely agree with that. Um let me see 'cause I got a few of them, so I'm rolling through them tonight. What else I got? Um oh yeah. One that's being loved enough. Texas Tech shooting. So Looks like the accused student has been caught, police say, and unharmed. Um, No real reasoning into why, but Texas Tech has been shot up and police officers are dead and not much going into it. Of course, um, well, not of course, I'm not going to point fingers, but it is a, (laughs) it is a, a, a Caucasian young man to be politically correct. And yeah, uh, like not even the focus on him. Like, what, what if anything can you guys, like, pinpoint, would possibly be going on in the world right now where just people are waking up and it's just shooting everything. Like, what could possibly be going on? Like, is this another one of the grand schemas where we say this is just cover up for something that we missing or? Like, they hiding something from us right now? Is that just too cliche to be right? Or is there anything that could possibly sum this stuff up? Uh, People are losing their minds. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think think we got to realize that we are – we're in a time where 
um, mental health is at an all is is needed at an all time high. You've got a lot of, and there are a lot, there are a lot of factors that I don't think that we really take into consideration. So, you know, from a um, um, a physical standpoint, we can say, you know, I, I we can say that some of the things that they, it's been shown that there are certain things that are being put in our food um, are not the best um, for us. Then there, you know, then then there are some of the things that we are, you know, watching that don't help. So I mean, I think our environment is is very. Um, heavy um, on stressing people's mental faculties. And so I don't think we don't, you know, and then the fact that people typically don't rest as much, you know what I mean? And then let's throw on top of that the fact that, you know, there's so much civil unrest. And I'm not just even going to start with um, Trump, but I mean, there are some people who really um, have, you know, starting back even with President Obama, who, you know, who has some issues with that. You know, and then you know you've got eight years of that of President Obama, and then now to feel like you've you know being encouraged. So, I mean, you got on top of that. Plus, any, we know anytime you go through an economic um, depression, um, then crime goes up. So, and we can say all day long that you know that we're doing that we're doing well, but there's still what you're saying is really what that means is that wealthy people are doing well. People in the middle and on the bottom are still struggling. So. You know, so all of those factors, I think, play a role in the fact that listen, it's just that simple. Uh, it's, it's that it's, it's it's tough out there. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, let's let's be and then also let's put let's put this in there too. Uh, anytime historically, anytime you have communities where you have certain things like low credit, low uh, high unemployment, um, and you know, and, and it follows high crime. So. It's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. A lot. Of, I think it's a lot of reasons that that kind of help facilitate what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But now, did this happen on campus? It happened on campus, didn't it? Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. How he, how he shoot a cop and get the run? Privilege. <laughs> <laughs> You know how. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm scared to wear my hoodie at night going to Walmart because somebody might Not even just running. Bolting from <laughs> the scene. Like, clearly, bolting from the scene. So they had time to even tell somebody saw him run. It was him. Wow. Right there. He's bolting. I mean, so the poli- the police officer is by himself. He didn't call for backup. He wasn't threatened at all. He just don't take off jogging. You know, he felt like a jog that night. It was worth it. Good. You know. <laughs> take off. So on my feet. Somebody, and my feet, somebody says when they have resources, uh, when people have resources, they can hide mental illness better. Somebody else says, I believe Uh-oh. we just keep accepting them. We kept accepting these behaviors with passion. So folks are reaching the limit. I agree. I agree with both. Yep. Because that provides you a different type of protection. Having yep. resources, access, connections, money, all of that definitely provides more of a cover. That's why when folks start to hit rock bottom and they lose that access, we start to see all of the the devices that they've had that we were, you know, so easily covered and all the folks that are real close to them were like, yeah, we knew. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. they think. 
You know what I mean? Like, this has been their thing, you know. We're just the last people to figure that out. You know, the general public are the people that are last to figure that out. But those close, they know. Yep. Crazy. Get the cover. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Thoughts and prayers to everybody affected by that. Uh, Kevin says that the shooting was at the police station, actually, not at the university. Oh, it was at the police station. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that's no. even worse. That's actually even worse. Wait a minute. Right. Uh uh-uh. uh. They weren't okay. at the police that's station where other people. Wait, that's not even worse. How do you, you shoot at the police station and you're still alive? It was a Meanwhile. police station on campus. It was a police station on campus. So okay, still at the police station, station, but it was the campus, you know, spot. Reading on the end of the thing. Go ahead, yeah. Kim. Sorry. If you was going to say the city police. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, come on now. college again so uh in miami beach temple university student shot dead by miami police um 22 year old carrie ann denise hidden was driving her black bmw when she crashed into several cars in south beach in a popular tourist district um standbys are saying basically it went down like a movie and the young lady panicked after hitting the police officer where the other officers kind of charged and began to fire at her. Um, have you guys seen anything about wow. this story or heard anything about this story? Wow. Check on this your one just fell in my fire. lap. Like, I mean, this one just fell in my lap, like, for real. And I'm going yeah. through this one, combing through, like, now, like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, wow. man. Twenty-two so she, years old. Are they saying that she was under any influence of anything, or she just had an accident and freaked out? Like that's the, the gym, that's the basis of it. Is that what we're, I'm um, reading? I'm skimming. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything about alcohol. It just all seems. The only thing I'm seeing is she ran the red light, panicked, and then after the chaos, firing shots. And some are saying looks like shots fired before a crash. So, ooh. This one could be nasty. Wow. Oh my God, I can't. Wow. Mm. I, I hope wow. it's just a wreck. Yeah, I think it's gonna have to be more to that one because that one seems uh oh. kind of just uh not fully put together. Like it's more to it. It's got to be more like, to it. Like what running from? Yeah, like why was she driving so fast? In the... Wow. She just floored it. They both suffered my injuries. Bystanders are saying, I was literally shocked she was driving to four or five off. She just floored it. Um, Erica says, yep, there's a video out. And William says in the White House. Oh, oh no. Yeah, there's supposed to be a video. Hey, Erica, if you can find the video, will you share the link in the in the thread, please, ma'am? Come back. But if you can find it, <laughs> share it in the comments because I would like to uh, – you know, this is the first we're hearing about this. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Especially after talking 
mental illness? What could, like, wow. 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 But, yeah, check out your babies that are in college. These kids go through a lot. Um, For real. Especially, she's 22 years old, so I'm not sure she was a student at the school. Specifically, you know, yeah, it says she was a Temple student. She is temple a student. Okay. A Temple student, so she was really out of town. Yeah, you know, they go through a lot, and a lot of our families, and I know in our communities, we put a lot on being grown and getting out there, and especially if these babies are the first generation to go to school and to to be the, the dream for the families, like, that's a lot of pressure on these kids, and it takes a lot less to push a, a mind with all, a lot less to push a mind that does not have the experience, the coping mechanisms of going through something, coming through something, to understand that there's life outside of college. So a lot of the times we send these babies off with their initial care packages and just think, well, we'll see you at Christmas, and, you know, we check on them, love on them, feed them real good, put a couple dollars in their pocket and send them back on. These kids need some real conversations, like have some real open dialogue with these kids and check on them consistently so that they know somebody mm-hmm. is there because we really cannot imagine, especially in these days, I'm talking to my teenager who's still in school, the things that they're going through blows my mind. So I can only imagine what it's like on these campuses right now and the things that don't make it to the news that these kids are going through. Like, this is crazy. This is, this is crazy. Back-to-back stories of Man. on college campuses. This is crazy. You should be able to send your kid to school and not have to worry. And now it's like you send your kid to school and you worry. Like, yeah. What? I'm sending my kid to school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. School. But you're sending them out into a whole different environment. Like, and it's detached in a lot of ways. Like, this is the campus police station. You know what I mean? Imagine what things never make. You know what happens in small towns. These campuses become small towns that are funded by the people who live there, like essentially funded by the people who live there. So the people who run it are going to protect that, or else no one has a place to be. So we li- we have to be more of an advocate, I think, once we start to pay for it, because then almost the, like, ooh, that's a whole other soapbox. We got a whole full show. Let me hush. That's a, that's a story <laughs> in itself, but wow. Like, just wow, y'all. Check well, out your folks. Okay. Exactly. I thought I was going out on happy news, but, yeah, that one snuck on in there. So let me try and brighten up the day a little bit by telling everybody that, hey, the good people at the Scoop want you to join in with us on Two Hour Tuesdays. Listen in yes. to the Scoop radio show for the month of October and earn an opportunity to win prizes in addition to hot conversation and relationships, current events, and more. Your name goes into the drawings for calling in to listen. Calling in to listen, calling in to listen. So that does not qualify with just doing the um, the uh, uh, watching of the uh, live feed. Um, also, earn a second entry for calling in and making a comment or asking a question. That's actually calling in and voicing your opinion. So, again, that's not the live feed. That's actually calling in and having your four digits read, and then you speak. Prize giveaway includes event tickets to Curvy Kittens Fashion Party. That's Kel. Cool Kids events held during the week of Langston's Homecoming. That's me. 
gas cars, giveaways, and more. So we would like to thank you for your support. And as always, every Tuesday and for every day that you hang out in the Scoop Nation, we'd like to thank you for hanging out. So our song this week that I will be presenting is by none other than Big Beam himself, and it is called Black Lives Matter. Rest in peace, Mike Brown. I'm standing in this booth, aiming at they cerebellum, my young black youth. I gotta be careful what you tell them, cause they will believe and they will achieve and they will accomplish well beyond whether they are CEOs or running base like Mary Bond's intelligent, but they rather see us catching bullets.
and that's kind of what we're going to dig into tonight. As you all know, each of us on the panel um, has a unique regarding marriage, whether it be from our personal experiences or from watching those around us. Um, um, and then we've also brought in two of our our guests, a couple on this evening. So you've got a wide variety of thoughts and opinions on marriage and making it through. So um, first of all, I'm going to give you a little background for those of you who don't know our guests. David and Tam Chandler uh, met back in August 2000. They were freshmen at Langston University, and the two dated for five months and became engaged in January of 2001. Excuse me, the two dated for two years while going through marriage counseling, and then they married June 28th. 2008, I'm sorry, June 28, 2003 in Denver, Colorado. David and Tamara have two wonderful children, Gage, who's 11, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Gianna, who is four. It could be Gina, but it's spelled beautifully, so I'm thinking it's Gianna. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, welcome David and Tam Chandler to the school. Thank you, guys. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, hey, well... Hey, hey, <laughs> welcome, welcome. All right, so first of all, I know um, we just gave you all a, we gave a little background for you guys, but um, I just want to say as a host and an admin in the group, thank you guys for your contributions that you make to the school group. You all are one of the most fun couples I've ever had the opportunity to interact with um, as far as your candor and your ability to laugh at yourselves while still maintaining your integrity of your marriage and interacting in a way that lets folks know that it's not um, it's not as hard as a lot of people make it out to be, but even when it is, we can still laugh. So from me to you, I appreciate that, and I'm thankful that you guys were able to, to join us on the show tonight. All no right. problem, no problem. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Um, so as far as how to survive marriage storms, um, like I stated, this is the part of marriage that I think people don't really like to talk about. So I, I read in your, your bio that you all actually did go through marriage counseling. So first of all, was that something that both of you wanted to do Um or was that one person's decision, like, look, I think we need to do this, and you had to bring the other person on board for that? Like, what was your decision? What what helped you all decide that this is how you wanted to start your marriage? To prepare you. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Well, um, I that's a good question. I we just, I mean, we got engaged, and I think we told her parents, and I, we told my parents, and then uh, uh, Tamara's mother, uh, the pastor who did our marriage counseling, he was actually uh, a good friend of Tamara's uh, parents, and her parent, her mother had recommended that we go through the marriage counseling, and uh, it was a little di- it was a little difficult because we were both still in college, and so mm-hmm. we had we had to you know carve out time in our busy schedule to he gave us a workbook to work on and then we were traveling back to Denver as much as we can on breaks and whatnot to actually sit down with him face to face. Oh wow! 
So that was a pretty, that was a big commitment even before the ideas were exchanged. That's dope. <laughs> I like that. So that that's good that it was like a mutual. I think that's really cool that that was a mutual uh, agreement. Do you think that what you learned in your counseling helped to prepare you for, um, helped to prepare you for your first storm and how you were dealing with that, or, or did it kind of hit you like a storm? Did it feel like a whirlwind? Like, tell us a little bit about that. I guess we can go ahead and get <laughs> delve into why we're here. How how did that prepare you for dealing with your first first storm? Um, I, it, I, it it helped. Um, it gave us, you know, I, for me, it gave me some uh, pointers on, you know, some cues and some things not to do uh, as, as far as, you know, being married. Uh, so I, I would say it did. Daddy, Daddy won't give me no breaks. Okay. Tell Auntie. Okay. <laughs> Very good. Hold, hold, Very. On. hold on one second. Okay. Uh, Tam said she's talking, but she can't. I can't hear her. Mm. Okay. Did she call hold in from her? She says, I'm talking, I'm talking. Did okay, she on a different well, line? Yeah, did she call in from a different number? Uh, hold on. Tell her to press camera. Just press the number one, dear. Now I can see you, so I can know which which one is it. Okay, press number one. Yep. Okay. Oh, she. Okay. Okay. She she said she hung up. She's trying to call the number back. But I I would say that um, our our marriage counselor he uh, his first you know when we first we met face to face he said his job was to try and bring out everything to where we wouldn't want to get married and that if we wound up going through with the marriage that uh, it would have been a success because he tried to purposely bring out things in the marriage counseling that as couples you really don't think and talk about uh, while you're, you know, through the blissful stage of engagement. And so he brought out some pretty, you know, some pretty tough things. And it really, we really had to tackle and and, you are, so yeah, and confront, you confront those issues. Okay, can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. I am so happy that you guys can hear me now. Um, I've been trying to um I've been trying to talk, but what I wanted to say initially to answer your first question was that um it was brought to us that we were so young and so our parents were kinda like why would you guys want to get married? You're so young. So um, counseling was something that we used to propel us, to show them that we were serious about making our commitment to be with one another. So um, we kind of, we came up, you know, with it together, um, the idea of counseling, and then we just went from there. Um, so 
the next question, I'm trying to catch up. Um, the next no, question was, uh, was how did counseling prepare us for our first storm? Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say about that is, um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to prepare for things that you don't know about. Um, sometimes things come out of the blue, and you really don't know how to prepare for them. But I think it taught us how to work together um, as a couple, and I think that it it um, allowed us to feel more confident about making decisions uh, with each other. So that's a little bit of input. Um, that I wanted to give um, in regards to uh, our counseling that we received, premarital. Very nice. Thank you. <clears throat> What's going on, guys? It's Rashad. I got a question. So uh, I want to know, how do you guys maintain the friendship in marriage when um, – those that are outside of marriage always are able to see the ills of marriage. How are you guys within a marriage able to keep, you know, the friendship going? The 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 parts that, you know, those of us that aren't married don't really get to see much of, but, you know, we can point out and be like, oh, they're such a nice couple. So how do you guys maintain that? That's a good question because I'll tell you right now, David get on my nerves sometimes, um, and I be wanting, and I know I get on his nerves too. But I think that that's part of that's any relationship, right? That's, that's any relationship. When you are close to someone, you 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 tend to get on their nerves. But I think um, you know talking, communicating, and let me add one part. I'm not trying to take over the show, but let me add one part. When we first got married, this is what we used to do. We used to do an assessment of our relationship. Every year, every anniversary, we would write down things that, um, 10 things that we didn't like that each other did, um, 10 things that we would um, improve on in the next year, and 10 different things that we would change about our behavior. And so when we began to do those assessments every year, it kind of, um, it let us know what we were doing wrong. It let us know what we needed to work on, and it let us know what we needed to continue doing. So those assessments, our yearly relationship assessments, kind of help keep that friendship to answer your question. Um, we actually came up with that before Tyler Perry's uh, Why Did I Get Married? So we should actually. Okay. Right. I heard that. I believe you too. L's uh, up. That's some smart people but, on the hill. But, 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 but Rashad, like, like my, like Tamara said, uh, there, I mean, there, let's be real. There'll be, there will be some days where you, you look at that person. You may not necessarily like them right then and there, but um, you, you work through it. And, you know, I think in this society where everything is so fast, you know, we have lightning speed phones, we have lightning speed computers, TVs, everything's so fast. It's so easy now to get a divorce where everybody with the first, you know, first sign of a storm or the first sign of something that happens, they, they just want to throw their hands up. But you, you got you have to remember why why did I marry that person? And, you know, as being a Christian, being a man of God, you, you have to really take those vows seriously. You made a vow before God that – you know, sickness and health, death, uh, you know, better or worse till death do us part. And that, and that's a vow before God. And, you know, God honors vows, and he, and he honors 
and, and he will bless you when you honor that. And so even in those days when you, you really don't like that person, you, you still got to, you know, in, know in the back of your mind that you love them regardless. It, you know, the Bible says, it, uh, you know, love covers a multitude of sin, love covers a multitude of faults. And so, yeah, there'll be days where you may not like that person, but deep down inside you still love them. I, I about to say, I know I don't want to hog real quick, but just because you said that, I just want to throw this in there. Um, with the with the in sickness and health, because that seems to be the part that really gets people, is the you know sticking and staying through all all weathers of the, of the storm. That again, question. Uh, I'm not trying to be in y'all's business to see if anything happened with anything, but just you know, in general, how do you move around the storm? Because even as you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, we can't weather the storm together. It started raining. We gone. I don't care if we got umbrellas, jackets, <laughs> galoshes. We out. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, no. Are you raining on me? I'm done. I don't have to take this. And that's it. And we take our rights and we roll on. So <laughs> how does a person take their whole emotion and say, you know what? I'm going to move past this and not let this bother me for the betterment of the group? Because that's real hard to do. Yes. And let me and let me say this. Let me let me tell you about one storm that we had to had to fight together. And I think that it possibly could have taken us out. It possibly could have destroyed us. It could have um, really broken us up and put us in a bad place. Um, about let's see. It, at the beginning of our marriage, we had tried to conceive a child. Okay. And for us, that was a storm because it was one of the hardest things that we tried to do. But it seemed like everything that we tried to do, it didn't happen, okay? But anytime you're going through a storm, okay, because many things came against us, okay? And I know that sometimes this might not be a storm for anybody else, but it was a storm for us because we were so um, – we were so um, – what's the word – we wanted a child so bad, okay? We wanted a child, and, you know, maybe there's someone listening um, tonight, and maybe this is their storm that they're facing as well. But we wanted a child so very bad that I lost faith, I lost hope. I, I, I slipped into a very um, deep depression over it. Um, and we're talking about 10 years. We're not talking about one year, two years, three years. We're talking about Ten years of trying for something and nothing is happening. So the thing about it is, um, I think when you're weathering the storm with someone, like you said, um, someone has to be there to hold the umbrella. Somebody has to be there to cover you. And I think when I was going through the devastation of not being able to bring forth a child for my husband, he was there praying for me. He was there encouraging me. He was there lifting me up. And I think that that is very important when you are with someone, when you're married to someone, that um, no matter how hard the wind blows and no matter, um, you know, what they may be going through, you have to stick together. you got to lift each other up in prayer you have to encourage each other, even when you, even when it doesn't look like the shelter is near. You have to be um, one of y'all have to be level headed because sometimes the other couple, the other spouse, is not going to be all there. So, I mean, that's that's what I would have to say in regards to that. 
Well, I, I have a question that's kind of on the line. Um, so you both mentioned that there will be times that you make it on each other's nerves. So if it's not really a big, big storm, but if it's just something like, you know, just uh, he was making his food too loud and, and made you mad. Like what little quirks do you know? Do you guys look for that you know? Like okay, I need to let me just let her have some space. What are some some quirks that you know that is just you know just some time you need some time apart? Mm, uh, I don't. I we don't get any time apart. We got two kids. We can, we ain't got no yeah, free time. We, <laughs> we, we, we ain't got no free time. They stand in there looking at us. Yeah, one one of us go to the bedroom. The other one stay in the den, and we come out and look at each other like, ooh. Um, I don't know. I don't know what um little um, I I think I talked about this on my on my wall, but. The silence. When I know that my husband gets quiet, that's my key to just let him be. Just let him go ahead, have that time. He knows that that gets on my nerves. He knows that that gets under my skin. But <laughs> what what I know that he goes into his silence mode, then that's a chance for me to just, you know what, just leave it alone. I'm excited. Okay. Let me follow it up real quick. Um, so how did you learn? Well, go ahead, David, and I'll ask, I'll ask a question to both of you. I, I would say uh, many, I, I know when, when my wife, you know, when she's laying down and she's on Facebook in the bed, I just leave her alone because she, she don't want to be bothered. And so, you know. <laughs> that is not true, David. That is not true. <laughs> Some people will try to sit there and talk. I've had people do it to me, try to talk me into talking. 
Like, it yeah. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And, and I think when right. we're after, you know, we, we've been together 17 years, you know, that's that's longer than, you know, than we were with our parents. And so, you know, after after years, you know, I'm, I'm still learning my life. You know, you, uh, uh, you, you have to study. You have to study your, your spouse. And I think that's uh, at one point in time, I had stopped doing that. You know, I I we've been married for some years, and I thought, oh man, she you know she's mine, she's good, she ain't going nowhere. And then you look up, and you know, you're like, who is this person that I'm married to? Who is this person? And so you really mm-hmm. have to continue to study your spouse That's because right. many people have to real many people have to realize that when we got together, you know, Tamara was a cougar. I was I was uh, 17, she was 18. What? And, and, what? <laughs> And so, you know, we were we were we were young and in love and dumb and, and you know, we were babies and now we're you know, thirty five years old. We've lived you know, we've nearly been together half our life. And so yeah. we've gone through changes and we've gone through different changes in our life and in our thoughts and our thoughts and so, you know, we have to continually learn one another because what was what we liked at seventeen and eighteen, not what we like now at thirty five. You know, so you really have to study your spouse. You have to continue to study them. Have to continue to to uh, really study them. And that, I think that's all, the ultimate beauty of marriage. That it's a job. It's a ministry. And studying your spouse is just part of the job. Yep. Okay. Follow up question. Study. You say study. You say study your spouse um, from both a male and a female perspective. How do you do that? Uh, time, spending time with them, and, and just you know, let letting them, letting them grow into who they are. And I, I think what I, I'll speak for myself, you know, coming from a very rigid, uh, coming from a very rigid family. My dad, you know, my dad was in the military for 28 years. He was an officer. My mom was a officer's wife, stay-at-home mom, you know, Christian household. My dad was very strict, very rigid, and so I came into the marriage at 17, you know, came into a relationship at 17, 18, very much like that. And, and you know, trying to make my wife conform to this perfect image that I wanted, but not allowing her to be who God had formed her to be. And, you know, as if you study in, in the Bible, God made Adam, I mean, made Eve for Adam. And, you know, if you study Greek and Hebrew, uh, like you're doing, Winford, uh, Eve, they call Eve the appropriate one for Adam. And so every man's wife is the appropriate one for him. And so um, I had to learn that my wife was tailor-made appropriately and justly for me, and I have to allow her to grow into that. And so as, as you study her, that's that's where understanding her becomes. You just watch her and let her grow. And, you know, I, I had a bad habit of trying to, you know, conform and make her do certain things and what I wanted. And now in this season of my life, I, you know, God is saying you have to allow her to be who I've called her to be, not who you want her to be. And that, that one hurt. That one hurt. All right, we got, we got a question real quick, so let me go ahead and take the question. Call the 9816. You are on the scoop. What is your question or comment? Hello and good evening. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is Lagatti, um or Lamanda. Um, 
something to the conversation. And excuse me if I sound a little bit nasally. I had um, CBA to septic surgery. So, um, but as far as what I do or what we do to survive uh, marital storms, um, I, I tend to value the opinion of my in-laws very much so because they're very humble and down-to-earth people. And what I would say is listen to your elders, um, especially those that have had those long, successful marriages because um, what I come to realize, the older I get, um, you know, I'm at the age now where my parents had me. So, you know, you have to kind of remain grounded since that um, you don't know what you know until you know it. And uh, you're always learning. So, um, you know, people that have been through it, you know, if they're giving you advice, you either to take that advice or do with it what you will. But um, at the end of the day, life experiences are important. Um, me, myself, you know, if um, something, you know, happens, you know, arguments happen, it's natural in a marriage. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to understand and realize that you're dealing with another person. You know, you can't expect somebody to act or think the same way that you do. Um, you have to have a humble mindset enough to know um, that in life you do have to compromise. Uh, sometimes you are wrong. You know, sometimes um, it is you. Sometimes it was your fault. And it's okay to apologize. That's growth. Um, and, you know, and even if uh, whomever it is that you're dealing with needs their time to uh, come around and realize that or apologize, you're, you're dealing with another human being and their own personality traits and just you have to like learn your spouse and um, that's that's basically what I would say you know just value advice remain humble um, and understand that you're dealing with someone other than yourself and you have to be considerate of their feelings and and how they view things as well so that's all I wanted to say Hey, thank, thank you. you that's, awesome. that's true. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anybody else have another question? I, guess, I think we have another question. Hold on. David or Tamara, did y'all have a response to to that? No, I did want to, I did want, um, to add that, yes, it's very important to listen to your elders because um, I always tell my children, I've been there, I've done that. So I I um, appreciate the wisdom of my of my elders, um, those who have came before me. I, I look up to them. I sit at their feet because I realize that um, they have been they've been here. They've done this. So I do look for look to them for guidance, and I never discount you know what they say. So that's that's very good. I'm glad she said that. All right, we got another caller. Caller zero three eight two. Uh, you are on the line. What is your question or comment? Is that me? That's you. <laughs> <laughs> hey y'all, this is Digital Time to Travel Zone. Hey family. Hey. 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 Just for the record, just for the record, I, I do not get to go on the two hour Tuesday drawing because I'm staff. I don't want anybody to be salty and think I'm gonna win. <laughs> The TV to the curvy kitten. <laughs> <laughs> a super shout out to Lagati because her name goes in twice tonight. I just want to plug that real quick because she called in and she spoke. But I did have a quick okay. question. So, um, 
And I want to say, um, Tam, you don't know me, but we were in the Travis Garza program together a couple of years ago, and I loved your spirit and uh, and just kind of your personality. I have a really big, bubbly personality, too. So I appreciate you for being a light and coming on the show tonight and talking about your marriage and your life. I think that's awesome. And so um, what, what I want to ask you guys is, because you talked about time frame, and what I find, I'm 39, and um, I what I what I do find sometimes as I get older, I date differently and with more purpose. And I know you guys may be able to um, give some insight on this. It may be easier when you're younger, but the amount of time that you knew each other before you got engaged, you know, in my mind, when you get older, I'm thinking you you probably have lost some flexibility that you have when you're younger. But 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 at the same token, you really don't have time to play games anymore. So you kind of maybe know a little bit sooner what you want. So, I mean, what's the advice on really knowing? Because you know how it is when you can meet somebody. You might have a good connection for, like, 45 days and think that's it. And by day 46, you're like, uh, maybe not. So, I mean, what's some advice you would maybe give us about when you meet somebody short-term? I mean, is it possible to meet the love of your life and know by day two? Is that real or is that just a movie thing? Let let me answer that. Uh, This is going to sound crazy. My wife is going to laugh. Uh, Winfred's heard this. I, you know, I've told all my gamma brothers about this. When I when I first saw Tamara walking in the yard, she had on a pink and white uh, tank top, jeans. She was walking by Student Union, and I saw her face. And I saw she's really pretty, and that was the first time I saw her. I was walking with my mom. Never forget going to get an alarm clock out of the student out of the bookstore, and so I'd seen her a couple times on campus, and so my friends had. You know, I made a promise to them, hey, I'm going to go hang out with y'all, chill with y'all later on this week. It was our freshman week, August of 2000 at Langston. And so I was, you know, studying my Sunday school lesson. Don't bash me. I was a nerd. Um, And my (laughs) friend Chuck came, knocked on the door and said, hey, you you promised you was going to come chill with us. So I I said, man, I'm studying. He said, you promised. I said, okay, cool, whatever. So long story short, walked to the auditorium, and I see this girl up on the stage twerking. And I'm like, huh, I remember her. And, um, <laughs> tell the story. Go on and tell the story. <laughs> so I saw her, and I turned around and walked out. And as I'm walking out, God, God dropped my spirit. That is your wife. And I'm like, okay. And, we, you know, we had talked a little bit here and there, but, you know, God kept dropping in my spirit that that was my wife. And I was just like I'm talking to you guys. I'm arguing with God. No, nah, God, that's not my wife. That's not my wife. You know, that's not my wife. That's not how I envision and picture my wife. God kept telling me, that's your wife. And so simply to say that before date with a purpose, and if you're dating because you know that you want to have somebody, a companion, a marriage, date with a purpose, the purpose being in mind, God, I'm praying, God, you send this person to me. And, you know, long story short about me, I've been in the ministry now for 20 years. And so when I got to college, I had already been in the ministry. And so coming to college, I knew that I would find my wife at college because I knew that God had a ministry for me, and I didn't want to be alone doing ministry. And so I knew that I would meet my mate and companion while at college. And so I I would – Go ahead, Tamara. I'm sorry. I need to I need to chime in about why this is hot. Cause, Cause you you're not you you're not answering the question. You're talking about twerking. And I you know, we either you could twerk either you could twerk for what you want or you could be about God's business. 
sometimes our expectation and our baggage keeps us from getting to know who that person is that, I'm going to use the religious term, that God has for us. Sometimes there is somebody that's in our life that God has placed there, but because of our baggage and because of the things that we've been through and our fears of being hurt and our of the wall that we have built up, it keeps us from experiencing that person that is meant just for us. Amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for coming on. We're going to have y'all back again because we Thank keep you. going. It's a whole lot more. David, Tamara, I love yeah. you both. I appreciate you both. Um, and, yeah, we're definitely going to have you guys back another time to finish to have this conversation some more, all right? Oh, I, I'll tell you how you finish this. the dance. You uh-huh. said what? Nothing, nothing. Just focus. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, you for having us. <laughs> all right. Love y'all both. Talk to y'all later. All right. All right. Bye. Sound like you said twerking will get you married. Okay, hang me up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, it will. It 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 caught no. me. It caught me. <laughs> I, li- I like I like some junk in the trunk. So.
So I'm going to go to my, ho- my co-host first and say, you know, ask you guys, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you – two questions. What – how do you feel about the letter? And number two, do you think the, the players are going to stand or are they going to kneel? So, uh, Q, we'll start with you. Um, I think the letter is, again, paperwork. I think punk, uh, <laughs> Trump is punking the NFL, um, and he's doing a very good job. If you see how we were bold a few weeks ago, everything was good, everybody was locked arms and kneeling, and we were great. And now there's this letter, and we're making changes. You know, they're covering they're covering themselves with the paper trail. So um, I don't think it's going to really go that far. Um, No, I can't say that. That's not true. I think that if the union at the NFL Players Association or whatever their title actually put some action behind what it is that they do, then this could be stopped. I feel that they're banking on the fact that we're going to just that the players are just going to let it ride and sign on the dotted line because the paper has been produced for them. Um, But I'm hoping that they really dig into it and find out what can be done by way of protest regarding the anthem. Um, Your second part of that was, what, do I think that should they stand or kneel? Not what they should do. What do you think they're going to do? Mm, I think it's going to be a mix. I think it's between now and when that paper is passed, we are going to see um, a lot of mixed reviews, and you're going to hear a lot of different rationale as to the reason why. But I don't necessarily know if I'm in the position to say that I'm going to feel some type of way about who stands or who kneels because I'm not privy to their personal situations. And while I can understand people in, a, in the spotlight are have a desire to be activists, I also have learned in knowing some true activists that there is a different type of sacrifice that comes with that, and not everyone is equipped for that. You can still support and be a part of the struggle, but not have that activism, that activism be your ministry. So I think we are getting ready to see, in a way, who our leaders are. If anything, that are just willing to stand up and say, you know what, I see your paper, and I'm going to raise you, you know, X, Y, Z. So if anything, this is a revelation of who's willing to put themselves out there in that way. But I'm not, I don't think I'm, I know I'm not going to judge one way or the other um, based on kneeling or standing alone. Now, if you start talking crazy, then that's something else. <laughs> now you put yourself in there. <laughs> but, you right. know, I think it'll be interesting to see if this paper does, you know, if this letter does come to fruition, it will be interesting and very telling in where we go. Yeah. Or where I, they go. I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. So, uh, Winfrey, what, uh, what do you think about it? I would be totally surprised if it, yeah, I would be totally surprised if the NFLPA actually um, agreed with this um, as a part of the collective bargaining agreement. I, I highly, I just don't see them see them doing uh, agreeing to this. Uh, if they did, I think I would. Uh, I don't know. I, I would. I'm, I'm, I would. I would be bothered by it, not in the sense because. They chose, excuse me, not in a sense because they're standing, but the fact that they have essentially given away 
the First Amendment right for to to have free speech. And so you have a right for, for to free speech. And now they came to you and asked you to agree to it, and you've agreed to it. So at this point, really, with the exception of you know um, of at the end of the season cutting them, and they can't cut everybody. There really is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the league really does not have something in place that says that they have to do this. So, really, what what leverage does the league have except for to say, at the next collecting a bargain agreement, we can bargain harder? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no real there's no real leverage on that end. This is a constitutional right. And the argument that people say, well, you know, when you're at work, I read some of the comments, you're at, while you're at work, you do what your employer says. I think the issue, the issue is when you are looking at, um, at the NFL, first of all, when you look at a protest, it's supposed to be, it's, it's supposed to be disruptive. Um, and the other part of it is the NFL is not working at your local, um, you know, Kroger. And so I think there's a little there's a little difference. You have lever- you have some leverage, just like as radio hosts um, and as business owners, we have a um, we have a level of responsibility to the to the community. I think that they have to realize that so do they. And so um, for the people who say, well, I'm just they should do it on their own time. The problem with that with that train of thought is on their own time. They're not on national television. So when you buy right. television, when you put when you put um, a microphone in front of me and ask my opinion about something, then that is my time. Period. Mm-hmm. So I should be able to express my free speech in um, in that in that moment because you know again everybody else gets to do it in that moment. Why can't why can't I as a as an individual express my opinion? It's the same thing that and I'll repeat the same thing I said about Jamel Hill. It reminds me once again when you don't own it. You then put yourself in this position, and so now some of these players need to take a hard look and say, "Okay, how can we become either a part owners or do something to where our say is more than just we get to put on the uh, put on this uniform and go out here and do it what these people tell us to do." Okay, Rashad. Um. My my thinking is more based around the fact that um, it wasn't even a thing to be out there for the national anthem until 2009 because little do people know it was pointed out, you know, a while ago by Stephen A. Smith, but since people don't really like him, they kind of discredited what was said, but he wasn't lying. Um, the, the NFL gets paid for, paid you for. know, they're paid for them to be out there for the national anthem. So it shows patriotism and people will favor, you know, going to the service and things of that nature. It makes it look, you know, super, super patriotic. When in, 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 in actual factual, they could care less if they was out there. Cause before in 2009, they were still in the locker room. And if you really think about it, take it a whole step further. If you go to a college football game, the college teams don't come out till after the uh, the national anthem. I know that as a band geek, because right after the national anthem, you go straight to the school song, and then the football team comes out. They're never out there blessing the flag. So this is all much ado about nothing. It's more about money. 
and people aren't saying that because of people that's losing out on major money while all this is going on. I'd rather they tell the truth than make it seem like this is a patriotic thing. It's not. It has nothing to do with patriotism. It's all about money. You know what's also funny is I never hear I never hear this much talk about patriotism when people are burning flags. Like you have people who burn flags and you don't hear this much. And now all of a sudden this is you know what I mean, it's that kind of issue. Like when I mean all my life I've seen people, you know what I mean, burn flags. And granted, it wasn't people didn't love it, but you didn't see this type of vitriol and anger when that happened. But now, because it's interrupting your football, that's a problem. There was also another article that came out that said, you know, it just was debunking all the things that are really wrong with the rules that people are trying to go by now. Because mm-hmm. technically, if we're going to go by everything that's wrong that we do by the flag, then everybody stands in penalty every day. Like, people yeah. have flags on their shirt. People have flags on disposable items like napkins and plates that we can throw away and cups and stuff like that. All that stuff is a disgrace to the flag. By the rules of the law of the flag, but we're not going on that. We're just going on the fact that people want to exercise their freedom of speech to not have to stand for it if they don't want to. Okay, like, We can't pick and choose where we want to fight it. Do y'all think they're going to stand or kneel? If it becomes in, in, into, in the play, if it becomes part of their contract or their probably player handbooks or something like that, do you think they're going to continue to kneel? They're going to do what they need to do to play, and that's because, like somebody said in the sports room, and, like, honestly – as much as I have to agree, I don't like it, but it's true. Each player can't afford to do what we want them all to do because they aren't all paid the same way. Some of those guys are basically, you know, uh, uh, I guess you could call it check to check, They, but, you know, yeah, check to check. Some of those guys really aren't getting what you think they're getting, and it doesn't add up. And then you add in the mix that, you know, Yes, they fought if they're doing it. Oh, well, it happens, but still, they're hanging out with their buddies in the locker room who do have it like that, and oops, he had to pay for his own cheeseburger tonight, but cheeseburger, $40 in this place. It's a lot of money to somebody who really can't do it like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think it, it's not the same to Thank everybody, you. so they're going to stand. Yeah. They're going to do what they need to do. Answer your question, because I think I, I I agree I agree with Rashad that I think that when it comes down to it they're gonna they're, if if this becomes a part of the collective bargaining agreement I do think that they will stand um, but I think here's where I'm gonna here's my pushback to everybody else is if it gets to that point then they've done their they for the most part have done their job and then it's on the rest of us because we're mm-hmm. actually expecting I think at this point we're pro- we're actually expecting too much from the players. Um, because and the re- and that's why I posted the question the way I posted it today was because we're asking these people to sacrifice their check, but how many of us are willing to take to sacrifice our fifty thousand dollar a year job for you know you know even for for knowing good and well that our com our um our company refuses to hire African Americans or promote them beyond middle management or they'll have a token 
you know, a token uh, minority in, um, in, in senior management, but they won't let anybody else get up there. So we won't sacrifice that to speak out on our job, but we're going to expect these guys who are making, you know, who have a, a, on average a shelf life of five years to make, you know, a couple million dollars, and then they go out the rest of their lives to do whatever. So, I mean, you know, I think at that point it's on us as the fans to step up and say, A, either we're not going to watch, B, we're not going to, you know what I mean, to do something then. Um, I mean, we should be doing it now, but at that point if they have to stand, then I think it's just on us at that point. Okay, and I don't, I don't, I want to make sure we get our participants on the live feed. So if you guys have, you have any uh, comments or questions on the live feed, you. I do. I sure do. Um, William, well, no, let me go back. I've got a little bit further. Um, basically, he's saying that the NFL players have a union and that them being forced to stand um, won't necessarily happen. Rashawn. Um, Coleman says, notice how the topic is if if the NFL should make players stand versus why the, they are protesting in the first place. They won't be able to yep. make them think of a, uh, they won't be able to make them stand like this. The whole point of it is off topic. Um, Kia yep. says, stack your money, own a few businesses, and say at the NFL. The, the problem is some NFL players don't manage their money, so they can't just walk away. Um, that kind of circles back to, you know, where we all are as far as taking care of our own personal business. William also says it would be a hard it would be a hard call to stop feeding the machine. Little league, high school and college football. I know this is a pipe dream, but maybe we have more well rounded young men. Um, maybe we get our young men to focus more on actually pursuing endeavors that will make a difference in our community. Um, and to that I had mentioned them, you know, as coming up with our own particularly it's going to take a while and maybe us right now might not be able to experience the fruits of that, but our little league, high school, you know, college kids would be able to, you know, possibly be able to build something different. Um, right. <clears throat> that this condition wouldn't happen overnight, but um, it's more than a notion. Uh, Latavia says the majority of her military vet friends, her, co- uh, her co-parent is a disabled vet of 11 years as well. They do not feel disrespected by the kneeling of the flag. Um, it could be because they are black, but they really aren't bothered. Huh? I said, yep, most of them. Yeah, most, yeah, the most of the best I know aren't bothered at all. Andre says um, that he's not uh, – he says that the NFLPA, oh, so the NFL Players Association, there's an acronym, thank you, Drake, um, wrote specifically in the CBA um, was the word should versus um, – versus saying that they have to, which by using that word, it allows the option. That's that paperwork, that legality that we sometimes skim right over and we don't realize how one or two, all words matter, especially as far as legal legal paperwork, or paperwork is concerned. So that should, could be that make or break for them. Um, they'll have to write off um, on any amendment to the new rules he stated in his, his comment also. So that's what my, new, my, my seat has right now. When you you got some comments on your feed? Um, no, they're all the same that we've already said. Uh, for now, they're going to keep playing, but believe some of these guys do have their lawyers and unions working behind the scenes. That's Sabrina. Um, I've never been in the house watching football with a group of people and someone stood up and put their hand over their heart when the anthem came on. That's from uh, Sleep. Nope. Yep. Teresa says, but, but they, but they can't kneel. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I was I, I would add my final thing I'll add to this is again is let's remember and I, I tell anybody every time somebody keeps asking me I say I'll be I'm sure people will be more than happy to stop kneeling when y'all start addressing the fact yep. that little boys can play with a toy gun end up dead and the person who shot them is at home. Mm. Amen. Yeah. We'll be more. We'll be more than happy to stop. Mm -hmm. We'll be more than happy to put on our USA socks and our USA wristbands, which are against the code of conduct, which is against the flag code, by the way. The moment that a man who is carrying a gun legally does not get pulled over by the police, and because he says he has a gun that he legally does not end up dead, we'll be more than happy to stand up and put our hand over our heart and sing this wonderful song when the African-American unemployment rate is not over 20%. I will be more than happy to get on this radio show and say people should stand up and say whatever they want you to say as long until when we don't have to, we, we don't have food deserts, when our women are not getting uh, the worst health care, when our men don't have the lowest pay rate, when our women ain't getting 70 cents on the dollar, when we can move up in corporate America, when we can get small business loans, I will be more than happy to say. And our neighborhoods say, ain't being gentrified. Yeah, I'll be more than happy to do. I'll be more than happy. When you can acknowledge, when you can, when you can acknowledge, when you can acknowledge that you bombed, um, bombed Black Wall Tulsa. Street in Tulsa, I will be more than happy to stand up and say that w- this is what we should do. But until then, miss me, because everything you're saying at this point now is falling on deaf ears because you're dealing with people who are tired of being abused, mm-hmm. tired of being oppressed, and I hate to tell you, we ain't taking it no more. Well, I hope I hope that it can light a fire and if we can't, you know, get a win through the NFL that it'll start protests everywhere else. They can't shut everybody down. Um, it's very cowardly of them to say, okay, instead of us talking about what's really going on, we're going to acknowledge that it probably is an issue, but we'll rather make you um, do what we say than listen to what you have to say and try to make the world a better place. So, you know, that's that's the way it crumbles. Um, we have to move on. Very good topic. I appreciate everybody's input. And uh, I also just want to remind you that that segment of the show is also brought to you by Curvy Kimmy Clothing. And we are going to um, our next song for the night. And it is The Ring by K9. Oh, Lord. Hold on. Hold on. No problem. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. 
That's 15 cent right there. I ain't bad. If it don't shine, it ain't my kind. And if you think otherwise, then you just living a lie. I need a quarter, I'm really sick of playing with diamonds. I need a shark, I'm sick of dealing with fish in the pond. Yeah, shawty, you fine, but what else? Do you mind? Do you got time to let me explore your mind? I just want to find that 15 cents. Do you got a job? What kind of car you drive? You still live with your mom? I mean, that's cool. Oh, you go to school? What's your major? Oh, yeah, that's what summer classes is you taking. Who your team? Who you rooting for? The Bulls or Lakers? What's your favorite flavor? Got 10 questions for you now, 11 for you later. Do you consider yourself the jealous type? How long it usually takes for dudes to stay tonight? In a couple years, can you see yourself being white? Been with it, nigga, let's go have it, invest on this life. Cause if it don't make dollars, then it don't make sense. Nah, baby, don't take offense. You a dime, yeah, you fine, but is that it? Can I blow your mind and find that 15 cents? That 15, 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 Crazy ex-boyfriend or an abusive uncle. I'm guessing you don't party often. Supposed to be studying for a test, but your friends brought you. Is you the DD driver? Is you most responsible? Out of all of them. That's why it's all on you. Excuse me for all the questions. I don't mean to confuse you. I'm just itching to know the answers. Yeah, you fine and you a diamond. That don't impress me. It just gotta make sense if I'm investing. Cause if it don't make dollars, then it don't make sense. Nah, baby, don't take offense. You a dime, yeah, you fine, but is that it? Can I explore your mind and find that 15 cents? Yes, I'm about to say that was 15 cent. <laughs> right. By un- unknown artist, 15 cent. Please send your name and information, Mr. 15 cent. If you hear, we like your song, but we want to know who you are. Right. Still looking for him. <laughs> All right. Before we get ready to uh, wrap it up on this evening, we got to pay one more bill before we go, and that is for our very own Miss Teresa Taylor, who is our in-house realtor. If you or your family are looking for a home, you can contact her with Keller Williams of Central Oklahoma. Teresa says that she is here to serve you to the fullest. You are her VIP. She's she's educated, honest, caring, loyal, trusting, and sincere, and she wants to help you and your family find your home. Call her at 405-330-2626 or contact her at TeresaTaylor at kw.com. And let her help you find your home. Thank you, Teresa. Much appreciated. Help us get hooked up. <laughs> that nice house. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
All right, definitely. So um, we got about what, 10 minutes left. They got 11 minutes. Yep. So real quick, let me first say this. Let me run through these real quick, and then I'm going to um, um, and we'll move forward. Uh, if you have not, once again, gotten your ticket to the Cool Kids Entertainment, I posted the link on my page as well as on the video. Make sure you get your ticket, support uh, Cool Kids Entertainment. Uh, that's because of those um, company. And uh, for your home, all your homecomings, not only does he have individual uh, tickets, but he's also got a package deal. So because it's Thursday as a comedy show, Friday it's a Thursday is a comedy black show. Because Friday Little is black a, dress on Friday. Saturday is the pajama party. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So get your tickets. I can tell you. I mean, ten. It's what ten dollars a piece, or all three of them for twenty five dollars. So the link is on the Eventbrite link is on. Um, yeah, you can't beat that for homecoming, by the way. Um, but that um, the ticket, the Eventbrite link is on the page. Um, so then, and then two, but the week after that is Curvy Kitten. So Kev, um, again, uh, Curvy Kitten Black Cat Fashion Show that is also on my page too. Get your get your tickets for that um, as well too. All right. Hey. Q, you got anything up for Elegance by Design? I will be at the Black Cat event. Get my my vending on. So if you want to meet me and see the products up close and personal, feel them, touch them, get my um, insight into how Elegance by Design products can help you and your family's natural hair care needs, come holler at me. I will be there supporting my girl and having a ball. So come out. (laughs) Yes, and I want to. I want to say before we go, I forgot to mention who was hosting Black Cat to uh, Oklahoma City. Very own elite comedian extraordinaire, Damon Detroit, world famous, Facebook famous, Damon Detroit, and Miss Holly North. Um, who is does open mic for Ice, and and she started the Fire and Ice. The Oklahoma City version of Wild and Out. So we have some excellent hosts. So yes, this is definitely a night you all do not want to miss. Fine, probably cute, y'all. Y'all gonna want to come out and yeah. see whatever it is you got going on. Like you don't want to come just see Holly. <laughs> just, 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 just good. <laughs> the hostess with the most. Yeah, come on, throw an eye at the girl. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Make sure also, if you have not downloaded your free copy of Nouveau Exposure, which is the Mac Global Drive uh, Network magazine, then you do that today, ladies. It's for you. Go to www.nouveauexposure.org. It's a free magazine, again, for women. Um, Kelly is one of our writers. Um, she does our finance writing, Woo-woo. so we've got a great team. Rhonda and her team do an awesome job. Uh, also, we are looking for more writers for Nouveau Exposure, so if you write about um, anything women, uh, whether it's fitness, finance, faith, uh, motherhood, whatever, and you're interested, email Sharonda at NouveauExposure um, at gmail.com, and she will. Uh, she wants to see a writing sample. She can set up a time to talk to you, but we are looking for writers uh, for that for the uh, to expand our publication. Also on Wednesdays, um, the word on Wednesday with Pastor Burns will be on tomorrow, so he's continuing in the book of Acts, so starting at 7 o'clock. Uh, you can listen here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, or he does stream live on his uh, Facebook page as well. 
All right, so real quick, since I've got seven minutes and I didn't get to do this earlier, I'm, y'all want me to be on my list, my seven my seven ways to survive a marriage storm list? Y'all want that or y'all just want me to post it? It's up to y'all. I'll let y'all pick. Go on, say your list. Yeah. You ready? All right. Tell a piece All right, here list. we go. So here's my – y'all know I got a list every week now. So here's my seven ways to survive. Okay. I feel like – anyway, I'm not going to go there. Uh, seven ways to survive a marriage – survive your marriage storm. Number one, have a storm plan. Um, you must practice communicating with your partners in non-confrontational context. So communication in in the middle of arguments is heats up. If you don't practice before a, a storm comes, you'll never be able to properly communicate in the middle of a storm. Uh, so practice before. So have a plan. Understand what is and what is not off limits in your communication. Number two, never invite unauthorized people into your storm. Unauthorized people, so meaning if these are not people who have, who you two have not dedicated to be a part of your storm or that you can or that are outside sources that don't know how to speak properly into your relationship, keep everybody else out of your business. Number three, um, and Tamara said this earlier, always use umbrellas, meaning use your words carefully. Cover your partner. Cover your spouse. Don't say things that you know will be a problem later on um, because there are some things you cannot take back. Number four, do not prolong the storm, meaning once the storm is over, you cannot continue to bring it back up. That is unfair, unproductive, and unhealthy. Number five, be emotional, but also come to solutions when necessary. It is unfair to unleash your issues on your partner and just leave it sitting out there. There has to be some type of solution uh, to, to the discussion. Ladies, let me tell you something, especially when you are dealing with men. Men do not function well. Most men do not function well when you give us a whole lot of emotion and no, and no solution. When you tell us something is wrong or that we did something Amen. wrong, we need a solution. So give us a solution. Number what in the world? Number six. Uh, six. Accentuate non. Uh, I'm sorry. What did you say? Six. I was just number six. six. All right. Number <laughs> six is um, accentuate non-storm seasons. Um, meaning, mm-hmm. just because there's a storm, don't forget that there's also a summer. Um, remember who your partner is and why you fell in love with them in the first place, especially in the storm, because this is a way that will help you to endure the storm. Meaning, never forget the foundation is that I love this person, I choose to love this person, and I want to still love them after this storm is over. Uh, remembering that will help you to not only grow in the storm, or excuse me, grow through the storm, but it will help you come out the storm faster. And then number seven, learn how to dance in the rain. Listen, water grows, wind clears, thunder and lightning cleans out and scares away things that don't need to be there. Every season serves a purpose if you let it, if you let let whatever the purpose is serve you. Do not allow yourself or put yourself in a position to be stuck in a place that is unhealthy. You need the water. You now hear it again. You need the water. You need the wind. You need the thunder and the lightning, but you don't need it all the time. Let it serve its purpose and then move on after the storm. After the storm. Those are my seven ways of how to survive marriage storm. Boy, number seven. Number seven. Yes. Yeah. I, I added my own little two. Yes. Yeah. 
I love number seven. That is that is it right there. That's <laughs> my favorite one out of all of the six. Yep. All right, and now this show tonight. No, thank you. All right. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was for Latavia. I'm sorry. She said, all right. Oh, all I'm right. like, you're um, welcome. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, go ahead. Find the words. Go. Y'all go. Quit playing with me. Find the words. Go. Because of you first. Black cat, black cat, black cat. Yes, I'm hypnotizing you guys to go out and get your tickets for black cat. Also, the Elf Up events coming next week. We grown now, comedy show. You yes. know, people that you don't school with, come out and help support uh, the alumni and get their party on. So, Elf Up, then black cat. Y'all have a very productive week. Be productive. Definitely. Be petty. Do something petty. I'm telling you, it'll make you smile. Do something right. petty. <laughs> I will see y'all next week. I will be out getting active with the school crew, so I'm just excited to see everybody. It's a ticket. Like, you can kick it for less than $50 Today. all week. Last but not least, let me say this so this out there. Um, if you w- would like to advertise with us um, through social media, through the radio, or through um, social media or magazines, email us at globaldriveradio at gmail.com. We have packages that will suit you. Um, so, again, send me an email, globaldriveradio at gmail.com, and we can discuss um, your, op- your advertising options. Um, thank you to Q. Thank you, Cuzzo. Thank you, Kels. You guys are amazing. Thank you especially to our guests, David and Tamara. Um, I hope David's not in too much trouble. Um, if he is, he'll be all right. He's been, he done last for 17 years. He's good. He's all right. Plus, he's an alpha guy, so he's a happy um, Thanks to all of our listeners. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Make sure you tune in next week. Next week, we have... Uh, oh, uh, getting through divorce. We're talking about divorce, recovering from divorce with Rob McClish um, next week. So make sure you are with us next week as well. Um, so other than that, thanks for our listeners on the feed. Thank you all for calling those who called in. Thank you for those who listen online. We love you. We appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your week. And remember, know that you are And would you take this long, and pull it together, baby? If you tell me what you think, then I'll tell you how I feel. Take me to the brink, baby, I'm the deal. You can give it all, I wouldn't let you fall. You can know you got the right way. Your mama told you that I was just a bad boy. Walk up out the door, then you gotta say, I can't even think about the hurry. Is this
right, y'all. Thank y'all for hanging with me tonight. If you have not had a chance to hit the share button to share, please do so now. Well, again, we love you. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and we'll be back next week, Scoop Nation. Allah.